0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and articles on the internet. Go check them out at HashtagBasketball.com. I am your host, Mike Catron, and joining me as always is my co-host. He's He's got the madness in him. This march can't say that. Apparently, it's illegal. Uh, Tyler Watts, what's up, Tyler? Does that mean I'm like crazy? Why can't you say that? Uh, because there's uh, people keep saying all over the internet that March Madness is copyrighted, and we can't. We can't say it. Who copyrighted it? The, probably the NCAA, who makes money uh, millions and tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars off of uh, essentially child slave labor. That's right. I'm in with the hot takes already.
1: All right. Well, didn't didn't know that.
0: So that's interesting. I guess. Yeah. Chew on that. Chew on that factual. Chew on that, everybody. Pay the kids. Come on. They can't even use their own likeness. Like how how crazy is that? Dude, I'm just
1: disappointed that they got rid of uh, NCAA football. Man, that used to be like my favorite game when I was
0: a kid. Now, like, they don't even make them anymore. Yeah, they don't even bother. That was a good game. You, you don't. Uh... No, it's
1: not that they don't bother. It's they they still made like a crap ton of money off those games. It's just the players started suing because they were using their likenesses. Yeah, they should. I, I respect that. And so then they had to stop making them. And I was like, no, it
0: ruined such a good thing we had. We had a good thing and we didn't even know it. I do miss the games though. You could uh, run. I just run the option all day.
1: Oh, and dude, you, and they they have some quarterback
0: like, like create a quarterback and run the option all day. They had so many cool, like,
1: uh, game modes. And, like, I I just remember the year that they did, like, you could do all those, like, special games. That was my favorite year. Like, you could go back and, like, you had to do, like, Doug Flutie's Hail Mary and and all those, like, crazy games. And I just played that for, I swear,
0: hours on end. That was a great game. Shout shout out to the old NCAA college football. But no shout out to the ncaa for exploiting uh exploiting young young children or i guess old children pretty much but still young adults uh for, and, and making money off of how uh, off of their talent and this is that time of year where we get to uh where where more money is bet then i think is it true that there's more money bet Especially casually on the uh, on the NCAA tournament than there is on the Super Bowl is that is that true? If I am I have I read that correctly, Tyler. Yeah, but it
1: has a lot to do with they count the whole thing, like the Super Bowl is one game. True. Whereas they count the whole tournament, so there's how many games? I mean, um, I don't think I mean obviously the Super Bowl is like the largest game as far as betting, but at the tournament, yeah, there is because there's so many games, right? Um, and so many people just love to bet, especially on who's gonna win, and you know the bracket thing is big, and so they're like, Oh, I I think I know this team's definitely gonna win and, and so plus every team is usually plus something, meaning you can you know, if you bet a dollar, you get more than a dollar back if you're actually right. So people- not
0: only, you know, for us degenerate gamblers out there, and if you guys, if you have a gambling problem, get help. It's not it's not okay. Uh, bet responsibly. But Not just the degenerate gamblers, such as possibly us, but everybody's mother, cousin, Linda from HR, everybody, they are all in a $5 bracket pool, $10. There's children. I was in a bracket pool once, and a five-year-old had a perfect bracket through, I think, three rounds, and it made the news. Like (laughs) It made the local news. Because this five-year-old had picked a perfect bracket, and I was like, "This is trash," but it's completely, completely random. And speaking of brackets, everybody out there, uh, listeners, you could join the watch the official watching the boxes bracket challenge on ESPN. Go check out the link on Patreon.com/slash Watching the Boxes. You don't even have to be a Patreon subscriber to get to the link. Um, but our Patreon subscribers have already joined. And if you're following me at WatchTheBoxes on Twitter or Tyler at TylerPWatts, we'll be t- tweeting out that link throughout the week. The uh, winner, before the tournament starts anyway, the winner will get a special prize and they will get a free entry to, uh, they'll be one of the first entries to the Listener League next year. Pretty good deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the best deal on the internet, Mike. This is a free entry to getting beat by Mike in the Listener League, which is, I mean, that's everyone's fantasy.
0: That's, that is true. That is the really why they call it fantasy basketball. Um, and I want to give a quick shout-out to our Patreon subscribers out there, especially Stranger Toms and Mouse Defeat in a neck-and-neck neck battle for the finals in the boring listener redraft. I'm gonna give less props to the very suspicious uh, Tyler P. Watts, uh, who is playing in a championship game against it's on like Doncic Kong, which is a great name. I hope they win. I hope they beat you, Tyler. Uh, yeah, it could happen. It's currently tied in the Second Chance League, whose playoffs have not started and won't start until April. That'll be very interesting for everybody involved in the in the crap weeks to trying to trying to get their playoffs together. You know, this week's for this this league's for fun, so like whatever. Uh, But I'm currently up eight zero on you, Tyler. Like I just want to, I just want to throw that out there, dude.
1: My team is the worst team in that second chance league. I drafted, and it was a slow draft. And I swear, every guy I picked got hurt like the day after I picked them.
0: Yeah, now you like an
1: avalanche.
0: (laughs) Now you know how I feel in the in the boring listener league. It was a terrible time for me, Um, and um, hopefully. Next year, we're going to be uh, taking everybody's suggestions. We'll have a few more listener leagues, and um, yeah, you can get in that listener league by winning our watching the boxes bracket challenge. So I I'd suggest he- joining us. It's going to be cool. I lo- I love doing the bracket every year. I have like a little formula I like to do. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil that because I don't want people taken. Okay, an easy so road to victory here.
1: like you got to help out the listeners, Mike. Okay. Yeah, so. He what's you gotta just Never. give him one. What's one upset you're picking in the first round? One now. Uh, just, just a little taste for him. Just
0: one upset. Okay, I'm gonna go with an upset I think everybody's gonna have. So it doesn't uh it doesn't really spoil the uh I guess the um the drama. Should I should I go with that or should I go with the no, I'm gonna go with the obvious one. I'm going with Murray State. I think everybody's gonna have Murray State over Marquette. I think everybody wants to see uh Our boy, who we are going to uh, talk about here, uh, Ja Morant, who's averaged about 25 points a game. Uh, I I think everybody wants to see him kind of go on a Steph Curry esque run. And who am I to bet against uh, entertainment? Because that's what the NCAA tournament's all about skipping work, watching basketball all day, and being fully entertained uh, for basically four days straight. It's a great, it's a great, one of the great weekends of the year.
1: Oh, Mike. I thought you were going to go for a better one. One, one of my personal favorites um, as far as the upsets. And I think this is an easy one. It's Florida over Nevada. Just, I think, Whoa. you know, the big dogs are going to come. Is the 10-seed Florida going to beat Nevada, move on. And potentially even beat Michigan. I think Florida might be a bit underrated.
0: Mm, I don't know. That's a That's a lot of weight you're putting in. There on Florida, um, I don't, I don't have that same, uh, I don't have that same feeling at all. So uh, we're already at odds. Um, that's what makes the bracket fun, Mike. There's no yeah. rules. I will, I will actually give a second tip. I'm feeling generous today. I told, I basically told the listeners to screw off just now, but because uh, I wasn't going to help them, and now here I am helping them far too much. Um, the Big Ten, uh, at least formerly the Big Ten, now it's the big like tw- 22 teams. Um, once again, as always, as every single year, has the most teams in the tournament because it's easily the best conference. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Um, the Big Ten, at least used to, it's, I think it's getting a little, it's changing a little bit. There's still the old faithfuls of Izzo and Wisconsin, and Minnesota, all that shit. Uh, the Big Ten actually plays defense, and that usually bodes well in the, in the tournament. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so I had this
1: crazy streak of picking Michigan State like every year in my bracket, and it hasn't worked out yet. But that may be again my pick. You never know. You never know. You never know.
0: That, uh, that's interesting. And I think I, I think you're on. To, I actually do think you might be onto something there. But uh, let's leave it at that because this is allegedly a fantasy basketball podcast, and um, I think. What we should do is talk about the tournament and how uh, who who our listeners should be watching because um, this is that time of the year is the playoffs. I think you guys know what you're doing. Obviously, there's there's people uh, uh, getting sat in, all around the league. We're not going to be able to you know completely predict who's going to be sitting, who's not going to be sitting. Uh, maybe you you picked up Fred Van Fleet uh, to get some minutes. Maybe you like uh, Harry Giles. Maybe you like the fact that he's getting more minutes in Sacramento. Like, g- good on you. Like, Joe Kim Noah is still kicking it. Like, you should definitely be writing Joe Kim Noah. Like, you, I think you guys know what you're doing. Um, instead, I, I think we're going to focus on how to prepare for next year's rookie drafts out there for all for all you cats who are either in um, – dynasty leagues, keeper leagues, whatever leagues you're you happen to be in. Even if you're in a regular league, I'd actually suggest putting a rookie draft into your redraft league. It makes it makes for an extra draft. It's a lot of fun. Uh there's there's no reason not to. And since it's March Madness, what better time to talk about the rookies than now?
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, we're gonna see. Some people will see some of these players for the very first time, right? Because there's a lot of people who don't really watch so, much college basketball yeah, until some of those people. My
0: name might be Mike Catron. Um.
1: So, uh, yeah, it always makes the tournament kind of fun. And and I'll say this right off the top. Um, you know, I've done this for like the last five years, and more so this year than anything. I think having a couple of good games in the tournament could vault some of these guys from that kind of late first round or maybe even early second round range into the lottery. Like there's kind of five, six, maybe seven players that are kind of head and shoulders above the class. And then there seems to be a large kind of clump of players that all oh, could be very fungible and interchangeable. It's going to depend a lot on the team picking and, you know, maybe these last couple of games could have a big factor in, you know, does this guy go thirteenth or does he go thirty second?
0: Yeah, I, I think there's kind of a consensus that this is a top-heavy draft. Uh, that you know, there's a top five, maybe top six, like you're saying, uh, of guys who are going to go, and then it's kind of wide open, uh, especially once you get past like out of the top, out of the lottery. It's and it's always kind of wide open after then, but even after the top ten, it's it's pretty wide open, and this tournament could really make the difference for uh, a lot of these guys. And also I, I actually think, you know, the league, you know, it keeps getting better and there's a lot of like role playing talent out there. There's a lot of guys who are, uh, uh, who are, you know, going to be just like three and D wings. You know, I've seen, I see a lot of wing uh, wing type players out there after, uh, after the lottery just kind of hanging around. There's always like, you know, four, three to five guys who, you know, make it. You know, they they end up being really good role players. And teams need role players. Like you And sometimes those role players end up being pretty decent uh, fantasy players.
1: And we talk about this a lot, right? I think any pick after the lottery, if you could get a guy who plays a role on your team, even be that a 20 to 25-minute role every game for like a decade, that's a successful pick in the late first round. And some people don't realize that, right? They think like, oh, he's first round pick. He should be a stud and a starter and, you know, play 32 minutes a game. And that just isn't really realistic. And a lot of teams, especially like playoff teams, they want to go for a safer role player instead of, you know, a crazy upside guy like a Giannis or a Bruno Caboclo, right? Like sometimes it works out and he turns into Giannis and other times he's Bruno Caboclo and – yeah. I mean, you're not getting anything from that. So some of those contending teams who want a safer player, like, I mean, the Mavericks took one in the second round with Jalen Brunson, right? And we've seen Brunson playing better as of late. But, like, on a contending team, Brunson's probably, like, a 25-minute role player, like a backup point guard, you know, backup combo guard. So the contending teams want that a lot of times.
0: That's true. Sometimes, actually, there's, there's quite a few teams that do well in the draft. In fact, it's one of the only things the uh, bulls franchise seems to, to to continue to do well in is, is finding these like really good role players uh you know almost my the the definition of a top like a top tier role player is taj gibson like t- taj gibson is still a starter in the league and he was like a mid-round pick for the bulls i think he might have been a late round pick for the bulls if i if i'm trying to remember properly um so there could there, there could be a lot of uh and, and taj gibson's like a was a was fantasy relevant pretty much up until you know middle of this year earlier this year
1: Yeah, and i mean there's nothing wrong with being a role player and i am mean, there's plenty of guys who are role players like you said who are you know filling even standard league rosters in that you know kind of 70 82 you know end of your bench range yeah
0: um so let's talk about the games games to watch and why you should watch them. And I'm going to start with the game I already mentioned, Murray State Marquette. And I want to talk about my man, John ja Morant, the, the the man from Bear Island, Jorah Mormont's son, John ja Morant. That's a Game of Thrones reference for, for all you listeners out there who are not watching Game of Thrones, which starts very, very soon. This podcast is not sponsored by Game of Thrones. But if Game of Thrones wants to throw some sponsorship dollars towards uh, the Washington Box... Is podcast. Feel free to get me at watch the boxes on Twitter. Um, but yeah, John Morant, Tyler. I'm like eerily excited about John Morant because I think he is like the Bulls are going to get lucky, but they're not going to get Zion Williamson lucky. Um, I think they're going to get John Morant lucky, and I think he'd be a really, really fun fi- pick for the Bulls. He is projected to be the second pick in the draft. Some people even have him as the third pick in the draft. That'd be a mistake. I personally think he is uh, averaging almost 10 assists a game, 20, um, almost 25 points and even almost a block a game. Now he's playing for Murray state kind of doesn't play a lot of hard competition, but this guy almost looks like a, uh, some sort of like Trey young Russell Westbrook, uh, uh Steph Curry type of hybrid uh, young guard who loves to shoot.
1: Yeah. And I I think regardless, the bulls are going to get a point guard and we can talk about that if you want. And the other point guard that they could pick, you know, even if they stay a kind of that four or five range, I think they're going to get a point guard. And that dude is a lot of fun to watch too. Now he only played five college games, but we won't talk about him quite yet. Um, Yeah. Morin, has some crazy athletic gifts and he can score, he can shoot, he can pass, he can rebound. He's a really good rebounder. He averages 1.8 steals and 0. 0.8 blocks per game. Now he's playing 36 and a half minutes a night, um, kind of being that do everything guy for Murray State. Um, it'll be really interesting to see if the Cavs get the second pick. Do they immediately make Colin Sexton their sixth man and, and draft morin Or do they actually go for RJ Barrett? and let Morant fall to either the Suns or the Bulls, picking third. So that'll be kind of an interesting storyline to watch when we get closer to the draft. Um, Morant may be my favorite player to watch in this draft class, even more than, than Zion. Like Morant could just kind of do everything, and he just does so much for that Murray State team that it's just really, really fun to watch.
0: Yeah, that game is uh, Thursday. It's one of the first day games. Um, I think it's not the first round of day games; it's the second round of day games. But I am definitely going to be watching Murray State. That's I hope uh, Ja goes far in the tournament. I think if you're in a rookie draft, he's he's is he conceivably the number one pick in a rookie draft when it comes to fantasy basketball? If you're in a let's just say you're in a non turnover league. Uh, can you, make ca- can you make a case?
1: Uh, you could make a case. That's not a lot of those. That's going to depend on fit and where, you know, if the Knicks pick first and they take Zion and they just say, we're going to throw the ball in his hands and let him, you know, kind of do everything. It's going to be hard to pass him up, but at the same time, you know, Morant can do a little bit of everything. Um uh, Williamson's going to shoot some pretty good, you know, percentage from the field, but he could struggle from the free throw line and Morant's not going to do that. Um, now he might struggle from the field, uh, which would kind of balance that out. Um, I would probably go Zion. I think that's the safe pick, but I, I mean, I could see making the case.
0: Yeah. I also think the fact that assists are super rare and there's a really, really good chance that more goes to a team that needs, I think a, a point guard. I, I even think if he ends up in uh, Cleveland or uh, Atlanta, uh they'll they'll treat him uh like a uh, like a point guard um and they'll they'll be giving him the ball they'll put the ball in his hands i think he's more of a playmaker than really any of these top uh these top crap teams um he's more of a point guard than anyone they have so i guess except for mike Connolly. poor mike Connolly needs to get off the the grizzlies but
1: um um i think if the grizzlies move up that, there they could pick him and that's that's a whole different story you know i think that they're kind of ready to move on from Connolly. i think yeah, We've seen that at the trade deadline, and they could make Conley kind of a two-guard like the Pelicans have tried to do in the past with Drew Holiday.
0: Um, so that's kind of something to watch there, too. Yeah, I think it's potential. But um, the fact that like assists are just super rare and this guy looks like he will be um, one of the few players who could probably average eight-plus assists in the league. Um, Here's
1: the crazy I'm thing. I'm
0: interested. He's a, Here's- he's a super athlete.
1: Here's the crazy thing, too. If they get bounced in that first game by Marquette, which is a possibility, right? Marquette is a number five seed. Like, Marquette is not a, not a um, you know, like any kind of trash team or any means. Um, we could see more drop, and we've seen this with a few players, and, and it kind of the same thing happened to Luka Doncic, right? Like, Murray State's not a huge team, and they didn't play the toughest schedule in the world. And especially at the top, NBA GM sometimes overthink it. And they're yeah, like, oh, they're... this guy.
0: You know, is it you played... when Luka Doncic didn't go first or second? Is yeah, right.
1: Remember? That's what I mean. Like, oh, this guy played for Duke. He played for Arizona. He played for Kentucky. He played for this team. It's like, you know, don't overthink it. Take the best player. Um, I'll say this. The drawback about Morin is he only weighs like 170 pounds. So he's not a big guy and he's skinny. I mean, he's like 6'3", 170 pounds. And, you know, like – they're gonna pick nits, and that's gonna be one of them. And so I could see a team going for someone like RJ Barrett because he fits a mold more. And that'll be really the most interesting yeah. thing about Zion, if you really want to talk about him, is we've never really seen a player like Zion Williamson in the NBA. Like he's, a guy who's—he's
0: uh, a freak. He's uh, ultra athletic. I really the 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 comparison is is athletically is LeBron James. That people are giving and it's kind of one of those questions like what would it have looked like if lebron james had to play one year in college I'm like the answer probably is something like zion
1: here's the crazy part about that though like how
0: tall is lebron well he's like six eight
1: yeah and, and so that's basically the same size that zion is right he's six he's lifted at six seven but he weighs 285 pounds
0: yeah, that's the part that's like you can't, there's no comparable human being almost to who right. he is.
1: Right. And and I made the case like in, in my article, which you know, you can read um, my, my mock draft. Like, literally, he's the same height as Luka Doncic and 70 pounds heavier
0: and able to basically float through the gym. Like, right. I mean, just go look up Zion. Williamson block.
1: And and that's, what's crazy though, is like, you know, some teams, you know, may overthink it. And, and now he, I think he's going to be the number one pick, but some teams will be a little bit scared and they will tell like scouts and you'll hear the reports after the tournament ends. Like when we get up to the draft time of like, you know, there's no comp for this player. That's okay. That's sometimes that's a good thing. Right. Um, but yeah, so there's never really been a player like him. And, Teams look for any reason to kind of get scared off. And and so that's the same thing's gonna happen to Morn, I think.
0: They certainly do, and they're all dumb for it. if anyone looks off Zion, they're they're absolutely should be fired immediately. But let's talk about Zion. Let's talk about the entire Duke squad. I this might be the first time I ever will watch a 1-16 matchup. Um well, even for like that, a quarter. Even that Virginia loss, like I, I, I didn't watch it because I was like, I, I don't watch one sixteen matchups; they're pretty boring. But I, I'll, I'll watch Duke dunk all over somebody because they got three, potentially three top five players in the draft: Cam Reddish, RJ Barrett, and of course Zion.
1: Yeah, so uh, you know Barrett, you know Zion. I think he's going to be the number one pick, regardless of which team wins the lottery. I don't think it matters. I no, think, it doesn't matter. I think he's kind of, you know, separated himself from this class. So I think we can throw that out. He, it'll be interesting. The thing I'm most looking forward about Zion is to see what kind of playmaking he can do um, in the NBA. He's only averaging 2.2 assists per game. It'll be really interesting to see if some team lets him handle the ball a little bit more and pass a little bit. And if he can go full LeBron mode, or if he's more of a, you know, big man who can get, you know, three, three and a half assists, especially for fantasy.
0: Yeah. Is he like um, a, is he like an o- offensive Draymond Green? Could he be a facilitator like Draymond is, but mostly kind of like a all around athletic, weird position type of guy. Like I, I I, don't think anyone knows what Zion is. And like, that's kind of the most intriguing thing about him is like, and also kind of maybe the, the scary thing about him, because if he goes to the wrong team, like let's say the Orlando Magic, uh, who I don't think actually they're probably going to make the playoffs. So I actually don't think they can get Zion. Uh, Williams. Oh no,
1: they're going to be in the lottery, man. They're they're picking really? like they're picking
0: eleventh right now. Oh god, there's a one in you know God knows chance. Let me look. Oh no, there's a one percent chance that Orlando gets Zion. That's scary. Because they've, they haven't been able to figure out what to do with any, any single one of their prospects ever. And this really takes a co- – this is going to take a coach who basically takes all the glo- – like just takes the training wheels off and says, you could be our point guard. You could be our center. You could be whatever the fuck you want. Like just go for it. And there's not a lot of teams and coaches out there that I think have that kind of mentality.
1: Well, and what will be super interesting is you're going to have to build a team around him in, in some ways the same way the Mavericks are trying to build it around Luka Doncic, right? Like, Luka Doncic is the point guard, but you need someone who can guard the point guard out there on the floor. Like, you can't play him as a point guard on both ends because he can't defend the other team's point guard. Um, I think Zion will be the same way. Like, he'll be kind of a score, you know, wing, maybe point guard on offense, but... On defense, he's going to have to guard fours and fives. He's just too big. You know, He's quick, but he's not quick enough to stay with uh, you know, some of those elite first-step point guards. So that'll be really interesting. You're going to have to kind of build a team around him too, um, which, as you mentioned, some teams are not good at doing things like that.
0: Yeah. Some teams just can't even figure out what to do with a, a guy who could stand in the corner and shoot threes. They try to make him do other stuff. It just it just doesn't make any sense but uh zion williamson definitely i I actually do think there's a case for john Morant to be number one in your rookie draft but zion williamson if you take him number one perfectly fine uh actually probably encouraged let's let's go there where does zion williamson go due to the hype due to the hype include the hype not where you want to take him where will you? Where do you think the average draft position for Zion Williamson is next year? Uh, especially if he goes to the
1: Knicks, I think he's a top fifty pick, which is crazy, and it shouldn't be, but it will be.
0: Yeah, I think I, I was actually going to put the over under at exactly at fifty, um, and I think it would be. I'm going to think he's going to go in the top fifty. Uh, I don't I actually don't know if he'll like. It's fancy basketball. It's fancy basketball even if he's playing a ton, there's uh, his free throws are, sus- you know, suspect uh, his, uh, how many threes he's going to make is uh super questionable. And those are, he's not going to make hardly any, yeah, man. He's, like, he's not, a, not a shooter. I'm sure he'll try, like, I'm sure he'll try to hit some threes. Right. Uh, but if you can't do everything, you often cannot end up even in the third, in that third tier, you know, we got your top tier, then you got your like into first round, second round guys who are the second tier. Then you got, you know, kind of filling out the second and the third round, your third tier. You really can't even get to the third tier unless you're kind of doing everything. You know, like Otto Porter gets in, in into the third tier uh, when he's doing everything ab- slightly above average. Right. But all it takes is one big glaring hole in your game. Uh, and I'm, t- I'm mostly talking about Roto Leagues. If you're in a head to head league, this is probably a little bit different. Uh, you could punt around Zion Williamson. He could be maybe a, uh, a top fifty player in a in a in a head to head league. Uh, that that's certainly possible, especially when you look at the steals and blocks.
1: Yeah, the worry is you know you mentioned it, no threes, probably a, a negative in free throws. Uh, so there's a worry, and then the steals and blocks are not going to be near as plentiful as they were in college. I don't know how much of a room protector any team's gonna make him because he's only six foot seven so you know if he's averaging like you know three quarters of a block and a steal like that's fine but it's not elite in either category um so you're gonna pick some words real fast i'm not gonna pick him in the top 50 even if he goes to the knicks and they promise him he's gonna play 32 minutes a night um plus being so heavy one of the things that that worries some people is his conditioning he's gotten out of shape quickly and so Maybe during the beginning of the season, he's working himself back into shape. Too, that's something to worry about.
0: i you know what? Actually, I'm a little worried. A little bit more worried about it, not because he's out of shape or anything like that. Uh, I mean, it doesn't help, right? But that amount of weight, that amount of power. I mean, he destroyed a Nike shoe. You know, just by landing on the ground. Um, there's, there's an athlete. Uh, now, granted. His, his, uh, uh, he, he, his, you know, the way he ran, the way he jumped, the way he, uh, was a, a, a absolutely aggressively super athlete who would twerk his body and juke d- almost directly parallel to the way he was running. His name was Derek Rose, and those knees did not last terribly long. Uh, now, Derek Rose was, I think, um, uh, kind of had the the right body type and and, gen- and, and and bad genetics to uh to end up in a more um you know uh, injury prone situation along with the fact that tibbs is a lunatic but um you know you gotta you gotta worry about someone who's that super athletic uh, as they get older that that's the that athleticism goes and your knees can't take that kind of pounding
1: yeah i'm with you there um but I, I don't think that's going to stop him from being the first pick, you know.
0: No, so. I, not at all. Not, not in the draft. I'm thinking more of a long-term uh, fantasy value uh, type of situation. But let's talk about the rest of these guys on this Duke team, R.J. Barrett. Uh, some people even have – You should
1: at- love this guy because you know who his biggest comp is, don't
0: you? Mm, nah. Um Is it uh, Wendell Carter Jr.? No, it is one of your – uh former bulls yeah you're right because wendell carter jr is better than this guy so it can't be wendell carter jr
1: oh come on this dude's a wing come on used to play for the bulls
0: well, sweet Lou dang no jimmy buckets nah get out of here who's who's comping rj barrett to jimmy buckets get um, out of here
1: So, Barrett really kind of burst onto the scene, you know, two years ago when he was 17 and he led Canada to that under 19 world championship where they beat the U.S. Um, Barrett is a good player and and is actually a little bit underrated now, I think. He's a better
0: uh, three point shooter than probably (laughs) Jimmy Butler.
1: He can do a lot of things already. Um, It's going to take him a little bit maybe to settle into the NBA. You know, I don't think he's going to be like. You know, a superstar from minute one, but you know Barrett's averaging 23 points a game, seven and a half rebounds, 4.2 assists, two three pointers. So he can do a little bit of everything. Um, I, I think Barrett's going to end up being a, a really good long-term player. The first couple years may be a little bumpy. Um, so they got to remember mind. You know, you got to think about that when you're drafting him in a rookie draft. But um, I don't think many players have the upside that Barrett does, and. You know, he didn't shoot great from three-point this season. Like, he only shot 31.5% despite making two threes a game. Um, and he's only a 66% shooter from the free throw line, which is not good.
0: Um, so not good. And that's a huge – and to me that's a huge pull. And actually, like, also kind of a red flag uh, with when it comes to rookies. Bad free throw shooters You usually don't end up figuring out how to be, like, a good NBA three-point shooter. That's uh, very yeah. rare.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I mentioned that uh, how many years ago with Lonzo Ball, right? That the, yeah. the bad free throws probably meant he wasn't going to be a good foul shooter. Uh, the thing that I will say about Barrett is, you know, he always seems to be improving, which is good, right? And this class lacks a ton of shooting. Like, there are not many guys who are good three-point shooters in this entire draft class. So I'm still taking Barrett probably third in any kind of rookie draft, just think he has a great potential and he's going to be an NBA player because he's already probably on a league average NBA defender from the minute he steps on the court. And he has the potential to grow into a well above average defender.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I actually think there's uh he could easily go third in a, in a rookie draft, but it's not, to me, it's not a like clear cut at all. Like I think, there's kind of a big opening with these next handful of of players that are you would maybe say is in this tier and i actually think there might be some some players who've who are injured and have not uh come back to college basketball who you could make an argument with um you
1: could make an argument and this is the guy i think the bulls picked darius garland point guard from vanderbilt yeah um definitely a top five prospect in this class probably the best shooter in the entire class uh, no joke, has a great handle, but he got hurt and he only played five games for Vanderbilt. And the question becomes, what do those medicals even look like? Right. He turned 19 in January. He's six foot two, great handle, great shooter. But you know, we saw Michael Porter jr who most people projected to be the number one pick all the way up until he hurt that back and he had surgery. And then what, he fell to 14th and we still haven't seen him play an NBA game. So you know, Garland is kind of a total mystery as far as where he's going to fall. Um, he did tear his meniscus. We do know that he hurt his meniscus, um, which doesn't seem like the absolute worst injury, right? But um, I think he has the potential to be a, a very special NBA player. And maybe if he stuck in college basketball and was healthy, he might be rivaling that Jai Morant hype. Like he's a super fun player to watch. But, you know, only five games is going to definitely scare some teams.
0: Yeah, and I also might scare some people off of him even in a rookie draft. So that might be someone you could uh if you have a later pick in a rookie draft, you would want to target. If he um,
1: if he dips below 4, I would take him. Even if the medicals yeah. aren't even if they aren't great because here's the thing, he's he you mentioned he could be a big assist guy. He's going to steal, he's going to score, he's going to shoot threes like he's already becoming a pretty good fantasy player. Whereas, I mean, we'll talk about some of these other guys. Their fantasy game isn't great, especially for minute one. Like, if the Bulls or someone who picks this guy that he's going to play minutes at point guard almost right away, he's going to produce.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I would go all the way in on him like you are. You seem to be a lot more uh, confident in Darius's ability to uh, come back from this entry and then be a versatile uh, fantasy basketball player uh I'm actually looking at a uh, a big man who might be someone you would p- take fourth uh maybe even third uh, and I'm looking at Brandon Clark uh, out of Gonzaga the 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 Wiley Zags who I, uh are playing on uh Thursday as well a 116 matchup I will not be watching I'll uh I'll be you know tr- trying to you know actually eat food at that point in my life I think I think it's kind of like the Boring Games. I guess Villanova-St. Mary's is going to be on if you really want to watch that one. Um, But Brandon Clark, in college, uh, sure, he's an older uh, college player. He's actually 22 and a half years old, but only a junior. But that often means he's uh, kind of ready for uh, the NBA. And uh, he is a uh, 6'8 forward who is averaging three blocks a game in college right now. I, we, I know the blocks don't translate often uh, one-to-one, uh, but he seems like a fairly uh, versatile player. And uh, the blocks are always a very intriguing stat to, uh, to focus on because that, that there's very rare that you have someone who has the potential of getting a ton of blocks. And unlike someone like Mo Bamba – who basically didn't play, it seems like Brandon Clark's kind of NBA ready.
1: Well, he has to be, right? He's 23 years old. So yes. if you're not if you're not NBA ready at this point, when are you going to be NBA ready? Um, the the Fouls limited his playing time a little bit this year. He only played 27.6 minutes a game. And you know, we talked about a similar thing last year with a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr., right? Like these guys try to block everything. Sometimes the you know. The fouls get you in some serious trouble. Uh, You know this this guy Clark, man. I I, in a rookie draft. Now it depends on what kind of team you have, I guess. Yeah. If I'm a rebuilding team, which should be the teams picking in the top three, four, five of a rookie draft, I probably don't really want Clark because he's 22. And you know what I mean? Like he's gonna be an NBA player. I'll give you that. Yeah, But he's not going to – he doesn't shoot threes. He's He took 23 three-point attempts this season over that's his three – That's not even – that's not even this season. That's over his three years. He played for San Jose State and then he transferred to Gonzaga. 23 three-point attempts. That, no that, that, that,
0: That's pretty brutal. And also in today's game where um, even sinners are kind of required to shoot threes, uh, that's, that's a tough thing to come back from.
1: Right. But – you mentioned this defense, right? The defense is good. He brings some versatility. He can actually get out on the, the perimeter and guard a little bit. Um, he's small, too. He's 6'8". You know, six eight, two hundred thirteen 213 pounds is not big in the NBA. So he's kind of a guy who's going to have to try to guard, like, forwards. And I don't know how well that's going to go. He played a lot as just kind of a middleman at Gonzaga. And, man, I don't know. I'm a little worried about where this guy fits mm-hmm. in, in the NBA.
0: Um, well, I mean, I think it's, you know, uh, with small ball, uh, he, he does not place maybe at the four. And, and, um, and, and he's not a stretch four, right? He's not a stretch four, which is kind of disappointing. That hurts his fantasy value, but I think what he does bring is someone who could stay on the court. He's, yeah, a, he's, he, he's a good he's offensive a, player. He's a good defensive player. And uh, sometimes you take a, a big swing with, like I said, someone like Mo Bamba and the guy doesn't play.
1: Yeah, he's... He's already probably nearly a league average defender, which is Man. good, right? That's gonna make he's gonna play minutes because he can yeah. defend and he can do some things on the offensive end. Um, I definitely would not be looking at him in the top five of my rookie draft, especially if I was a rebuilding team. Now, if I was a kind of contending team and I for some reason got a a higher pick, uh, sure he's fine. But he's a guy I think that I don't think he's ever a superstar. Like if you're going for a superstar in your rookie draft, I, I don't think you take Clark.
0: That's fair. Um, I think he's a very solid, capable, uh, someone who, if he finished in the top 120 his rookie year, you'd go, okay. Like that's, yeah, that's, and, that's fine.
1: Dude, there's a that's, lot
0: of guys, that's a valuable player.
1: There's a ton of guys in this draft that, man, they could be, you know, a top, I don't even want to say like 20 or 30, what's top 40, top 50 player, or they could literally like, Play out their rookie contract and then not be in the NBA anymore. Like, there's sure. a lot of
0: low floor
1: players in this draft. I would. Yeah, there's that. a
0: lot of unknowns. I think th- actually, think the last player. Uh, uh, did we talk about Cam Reddish? Uh,
1: uh, no, all? we didn't. Go ahead. We, we can. Um, mm. I am pretty worried about this guy's overallness. Yeah. Um, he shot thirty five point six percent from the field this year. That's, and se- 76% from the foul line? Not good. Uh, yeah, that's scary, right? And you would think that with those other two great players on the team, it would he would shoot better, right? Because those guys are taking a lot of the attention away. Um, he's slightly older for a freshman. He turns 20 years old in September. Now, that's not old by any means. Don't get me wrong. But that'll scare some teams a little bit. That's, because That's old then, uh, when it comes to talking about freshmen. Right, so he's 6'8 with a one wingspan. That was positive. Um, he shot a lot of three-pointers, but he only hit them on 33%. He took a lot of contested shots, which is a worry. Now, he did average good steals and blocks, right? He averaged 1.8 steals and half a block a game, which is pretty good for a wing player. Um, he's a guy with crazy potential, but I don't really like his jumper.
0: Yeah, and... I'm, I'm scared of that jumper.
1: So for me, I'm a little scared off. Uh in my mock draft, which you can read. Um, I have him going seventh to the Grizzlies. So I have him actually falling that far. Um, just man, I don't know. Some guys like think he's a top three player. I I'm, I'm just not there. Yeah,
0: and I think it's it's mostly because he is um a really, really good ball handler. He does look like he has NBA moves already. He's long, he's athletic uh and it, it looks like even though he's a, a prospect right he's someone who has all the pieces of what a really good nba player looks like other than the fact that right now he doesn't have it all together and he's shooting pretty poorly yeah those, um, are, big red, those are two big red flags
1: here's what what i'll say right um and i think i wrote this in my piece he has top three national talent in this draft Like if you just like line up all these guys and just, you know, play them on their God given ability. Yeah. You know, he's probably a top three player, but he really needs to work to be a top three NBA player because the skills are all there, but they're just not together at this moment.
0: It's going to take a while. Like it's going to, this is not a a player who's going to pan out next year. This is not someone who's going to be relevant on your team. If you're in one of those bigger dynasty leagues, uh, you know, maybe you take the the long term approach. Uh, if it doesn't cost you a whole lot to keep him around throughout his rookie contract, uh, maybe by the end of the rookie contract, he's a he's actually the second best player uh, in this in this draft. Uh, I it might be worth taking him in the top five of your rookie draft in the longer term if that's something you can stomach. Uh, but I think it's going to take a while for Cam Reddish to pan out. Uh, there's uh, there's another player who is in uh, these top tiers that we have to talk about. Uh, That's Jarrett Culver from Texas Tech. Texas Tech playing on Friday at one – well, one of the early games against Northern Kentucky. Uh, Northern Kentucky, the home of racism.
1: (laughs) I am not going to go there. That's right. I said it. I'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Culver is a top 10 pick right now. He can probably push himself into the top five with a great tournament.
0: Yeah. Uh, Someone who, um, and, and and is the, I mean, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like when he goes third overall, because he played really well or fourth overall, because he played really well. um, Is that a deceptive? uh, Is that a deceptive problem for someone who's looking to, uh, to draft someone who might be a really good prospect in fantasy basketball?
1: Uh, yeah. And then, so I don't know. I like the kid. He's a sophomore, but he, he just turned 20 years old. Um, so it's not like he's super old for being a sophomore. Uh, his shooting is a little bit questionable. He hit 35%. Um, as far as you're talking about his college career, uh, over 274 attempts, but this season he only hit 32.3% from three. So I'm a little worried about that, especially when you couple it with, he's only a 68.2% free throw shooter, um, during his college career. Not great. Um, what he can do is he can score. He's can play make. They actually kind of made him more of a combo guard this year. Let him handle the ball a lot more. He's averaging three point six assists per game on the season. I like the kid's game. I think you know if he has a couple good games, that's really gonna shoot him up the the draft boards. His defense is really good too.
0: Yeah, so. he's also he's a very very good defender. He's six six um pretty long so he's he's one of those guys where when you worry about guys staying on the court uh sometimes these guys who play offense they don't play defense they can't stay on the court and he could kind of do both he's someone who could could definitely be on the court he's
1: a great mix of safety and upside this draft like he he's a guy who could be a really really good
0: like kind of
1: all-star level player but he also has a pretty high floor
0: yeah um to me not like the not a prospect that's screaming out to uh, be picked uh, with with uh, like a top three pick in a, in a draft. Like, I'm not going to go Zion, John, and then uh, Jarrett Culver, you know. Uh, if you want to take a big swing, and this is probably the, the last guy that I would – well, not the last guy to take a big swing on. I think there's some other interesting guys out there that I'm sure Tyler will definitely talk about, including uh, a guy who's going to set the NCAA record with, in steals – which is pretty crazy that that's happening right now and that no one seems to know or pay attention, uh, mostly because that guy plays for Washington. But um, the one guy I think I would take a swing on personally is Bull Bull.
1: Oh, I like him. I I have him. Uh, So when I first started looking at this class, um, I had him as a top five pick. Um, and and that it's really hard to say when these like freshmen are, are just coming out of high school because mostly all you can find is like highlight films and so it's really hard to judge anybody on a highlight film. Um you know,
0: you know who's got a good track record? Children of former NBA players.
1: But here's what I, I'll say about Bull, right? He's gonna probably be a later lottery pick because he got hurt and he had a navicular bone surgery, which is a foot uh thing for anyone who doesn't
0: know. And big men, um, big men and feet.
1: Yeah, but he's seven three with a seven eight wingspan, <laughs> and true. he a- he averaged twenty. 20- he only played nine games for Oregon, which is a ridiculously small sample. But he averaged twenty one points, nine point six rebounds, two point seven blocks, shot fifty six percent from the field and seventy five percent from the free throw
0: line. And he could hit threes.
1: Uh, yeah, he has shot fifty two percent on his twenty five NCAA three point attempts.
0: Like, um, hey, super, super small sample size, but like anyone who's been paying attention to Bull Bull before he uh, he got hurt, um, even when you look at him in in high school, uh, the the guy's an athletic freak, but also he can shoot, and so he's got a, a, an incredibly giant wingspan, which bodes well for blocks at the NBA level. Um, athletic, uh, but he scores. He shoots well, and I that entire combo. And hey, seventy-six, almost seventy-six percent from free throw. Even though it's a small sample size, that's a really, really that's like a that's a modern day NBA center. Um, You're talking. I mean, look at where uh, how important people think John Collins is. um, Where people had uh, Jared Allen. Going into this draft, I, I'm not putting the uh, bull bull up there because of the injury uh, just yet. But ceiling wise, you could be looking at someone who uh, eventually gets to that that third tier. That eventually could be a top thirty player.
1: Yeah, uh, it's a it's a ways off, but yeah, you're not wrong about that. And the medicals again are going to play an important factor on this player as far as where he gets drafted. You know what I mean? Because if that foot's not healing right, and you're gonna know because if he slip into the late first round or even like outside the lottery, you're gonna know there's something wrong with that foot.
0: Yeah. If he goes top ten though, like uh, take your take your shot. I think because well,
1: like- it depends on what team picks him in the top ten because yeah. some of those teams are are known to not have the best medical staff and get the best medical information from the prospects. Chicago so. World um so if he goes to the wrong team i might be a little worried but if he goes to the right team in the top 10 i will feel pretty pretty good about him going forward yeah
0: and i, I think that's your to me that's my big swing like i i i said earlier i, I like brandon clark because i just think he's kind of all around a good player i mean the percentages, like the three-pointer not right there that sucks but uh i think he's like kind of like the safest bet with it with a top uh pick in a, in a rookie draft not obviously not one and two like i like i said one and two, pretty obvious. Uh, R.J. Barrett, maybe three if you really um, feel strongly about him. But if I'm taking a big swing, it's ball ball.
1: Yeah, um, so I'll mention a couple guys I, I really kind of like. DeAndre Hunter, who's a forward from Virginia, um, and, and that's kind of a guy you can watch. Uh, fantastic three-point shooter. Hit 43.9% of his 132 college three-point attempts. Um, he, he's a sophomore now. He turns 22 in December, so he's an older guy. Um, and he's only a sophomore, which is weird. I I don't I don't quite understand that. But um 6, 7, 225 But he's one of the more versatile defenders in the NCAA. So that's good. Um, I, I really like the kid. I like his game. Some people have him going to the top five. I'm not sure that's going to happen. But I think if he has a couple good games in the tournament, he's another guy who could push his way. You know, kind of right up in the mix. Um, as far as the big teams that people are going to watch, right. Keep your eye on Kobe white for North Carolina, a guard kind of had a breakout season. Not too many people saw him in a class that's weak on shooters. He's a pretty good shooter. Uh, shot 50.8% on two point field goals this year, 36% on his three pointers. Uh, I like him. I think he's pushing himself into the lottery and with a couple of games in the tournament could push his way all the way up into the top 10. Um, and then the other guy I'll mention uh a guy that you didn't even know about no uh, from gonzaga you want to try to say his name see if you can do right. it I, I love
0: this. it he is from toyama japan will this be the first japanese player in the league oh that, that's something you have to look
1: up because I'm i do not i do not know the answer to that question i'll uh, that up
0: but his name uh i believe if I'm uh, pronouncing it correctly, which, uh, as we all know, the track record is poor, uh, Ruai Hachimura. So the
1: thing I like about him, he's a forward for Gonzaga.
0: So if you're looking for
1: a team to watch the tournament, um, he started playing basketball at 14. So he's really still growing. He's only 21 years old. Um, averaged over 20 points for Gonzaga, a steal 0.8 blocks in 30 minutes a night, shot over 60% from the field and 74% from the free throw line. Um, He's got a really good mid-range shot, which makes people encourage that he's going to be able to develop a three-point shot when it comes to the NBA. Um, now he hasn't shot a ton of three-point attempts as far as Gonzaga. He also has a seven-two wingspan. Teams are going to love this kid. I have him going in the late lottery to the Timberwolves. I think him and Towns in the front court would just be a really, really interesting pairing. Well, he's going to have to
0: figure out how to start over Taj Gibson first. But um... yeah,
1: but I mean, in a couple of years, Taj Gibson's <laughs> going to be.
0: Yeah, on his way out. Way. You know what I mean?
1: So that's what I mean. He's kind of a someone Taj Gibson can groom a little bit. I don't saying he's gonna start from day one, but in a couple of years when this guy's you know getting closer to his potential, and this guy has a big upside, I think because he's literally played basketball for seven years. I mean, yeah. there there are yeah. ten year olds in this country who played basketball for seven years.
0: Exactly, and like uh, since like, and the, we had, there's a decent look at track record of guys who like came to the game late and then like figured it out really quick and then like looked good and then started looking better and better and this guy is averaging 20 points a game uh shoots well uh and and is long enough and athletic enough to be an NBA player i i think like that pedigree just really bodes well and so if you're looking for someone who maybe has like staying power in the, in the league uh especially with those mid-tier Rookie picks in a rookie draft. Ryu Hachimura probably shouldn't say it like that. Um, is is a good is a good way to to spend a mid round pick. Like, why not take a chance on a guy who's a, a really good scorer and uh, has all the NBA tools?
1: All right. So now I'll talk about your man. You want to try to say this name too because this one's oh. kind of a, a little bit tough.
0: I do not want to uh, figure <laughs> out. How to say this guy's name? Idea, uh, uh, Matisse Eibold. Oh, you did good. I'm yeah. impressed. Um, so Mike
1: says to me, right? I think there's a guy in this class who's about to break the steals record, and that was yeah. all Mike knew. I'm pretty sure. If you
0: don't, if you don't notice, everyone, <laughs> I don't pay attention to the, the uh, college basketball, and I haven't since the you know the 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 heartbreaking. What was it? The 2005 loss of Illinois, the U of I, the Illinois fighting Illini uh, to, to UNC. And that was like the end of my college. I was into my college, uh, I guess, basketball watching. I was as good as it was as going to get as a U of I fan, uh, someone who grew up near the U of I and it was never going to get any better. It's only going to get worse. And it, I was obviously right. And they made the right choice. I got right out. So Right now is the first time I pay attention to college basketball is the week before March Madness. And uh, I think it's incredible, absolutely incredible that there's someone who is, is about to break the steals record.
1: Uh, Yeah. So he's 22 years old. He started all four years for Washington. Uh, He's averaging 3.4 steals a game and 2.2 blocks.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the crazier part is that he is a six, five small forward, but averaging 3.4 steals and 2.2 blocks.
1: And he's a good three-point shooter. He shot 36% in his college career. Now, this year he's been struggling a little bit. He's only hit 31% of his three-pointers. But, you know, he's got 525 NCAA attempts and shooting 36%, which is good, right? It's a lot of attempts too, pretty safe sample size. Um, someone is going to pick him in the first round. He's immediately going to play a role for a team, and the plan will be to make him into a 3 and D monster.
0: Yeah, the worst case scenario is that he's a 3 and D off the bench guy who is super competent. Like That seems like the worst case scenario.
1: Um, yeah, I think that this guy in the right team, in the right system, could be a player who gets picked like in the 20s. That in a rookie draft, I'm picking, like, 12th or 13th. This smells like uh, this smells like a Spurs player. <laughs> you want to know what's crazy? And Mike hasn't read my mock draft because no, no one has other than me. Um, I had him going 29th to the Spurs.
0: Yeah, if he gets all the way down there, I think it's almost a no-brainer that he's going to go to the Spurs because, you know, Pop loves uh, – uh, Uh, a project who also has like incredibly like almost like if you're that good at steals and blocks your instincts are there right like you just know where to put your hands you know where to be you know where your your body should be you know uh you're reading plays ahead of time and i think pop just loves anybody who's got that kind of that twitch uh type of reaction along with the defensive skills and that's what he's got
1: yeah, so he's gonna be fun, and you know we'll see where he ends up. Uh, he's a senior, so he's one guy that is definitely going to the draft. With some of these other guys, we can't really say that; we just think they're going to. Uh, but he will definitely be in the class, so something to look forward to.
0: Yeah, um, Tyler, is there is there anyone else on the on the big board here? that uh that you're you're kind of keeping an eye on i i know there's a you know a lot of these guys are just going to be like questionable role players like you said and could be out of the league i think we kind of covered the the players who will be fun to watch in the tournament but also uh worthy of putting on your way too early rookie list uh for next year
1: uh mention one more dude i guess and that's cameron johnson from north carolina Uh, really, really good three-point shooter, hitting 46.5% of his 187 three-point attempts this season. Uh, So I think that alone, right, this is another older guy. Um, It's actually his fifth season of college basketball, Mike.
0: Wow, congratulations.
1: Uh, He played three years at Pittsburgh. One was cut short by injury, so he only played eight games, and then he played last two for North Carolina. Um, Already 23. This guy's another guy who's an instant role player, though. So if you're looking for somebody – you know, just to watch that you know is going to be in the NBA next year, uh, Cameron Johnson, North
0: Carolina, is probably that guy. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of guys who went to five years of college. That's cool.
1: Yeah, but not actually played five years.
0: <laughs> and
1: when we get That's close, illegal. when we get closer to the draft, we will talk about a few of my favorite players that are hurt, uh, who will be uh, probably mid to late first round picks that I think could surprise a lot of people.
0: Yeah um Tyler always like easily one of the top tier uh draft prep articles that I read I only read a few and uh Tyler's is uh, is the first one I usually read uh it's well researched and there's always like a little fantasy bit to it which is exactly what you want to see so um stay tuned for that follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler P Watts uh, follow me. at watch the boxes. In case you want to see uh, live tweeting during March Madness um, of irrelevant and I, I would call it posts, if you I would like. call
1: it spam tweeting because that's basically what it is. He's just tweeting random stuff about games. It's mostly just spam.
0: Yeah, I'm mostly retweeting other people. Yeah, spam tweeting. Like I said, I don't think that's spam tweeting. That is, uh, I'm an influencer, Tyler. Oh, okay, brand and, uh, influencer. Yeah, brand influencer, and if uh, I'm going to start a, a festival, uh, it's going to be called the uh, let's say the the bon the, uh, the dumpster fire festival. It's going to be held outside of the United Center, uh, <laughs> and we're going to be throwing Gar Foreman and uh, into the dumpster, and we're setting it on fire. And I'm taking donations right now at patreon.com slash watching the boxes. You can sign up and donate to throw Gar Foreman in a dumpster at the Dumpster Fire Festival, hosted by me, uh, one of the top fantasy basketball influencers on Twitter. But better yet, you should just sign up for our March Madness bracket and win a prize uh, and get free entry to one of our listener leagues next year. So, like, it's a win-win. So that's it uh, for tonight. We will uh, hopefully you guys enjoy your nonstop basketball weekend, which starts uh, on Thursday, Thursday afternoon. Uh, You know, tell your boss that you you feel like a I feel like a flu coming on Thursday, right around right around one p.m. Eastern noon noon Central. I'm feeling a really bad flu coming on that's gonna last a whole just one more day that's
1: it i thought you were gonna say it's gonna last a whole four weeks or however long the last last. month and a
0: half (laughs) if you get away with that like do that. if you got enough sick days take them guys guys if if you're not taking your sick days you're doing it wrong just throwing it out there i'm gonna leave you with that uh tyler you got anything else to plug
1: oh no that'll be it it was fun it was real mike
0: it has been very real. Uh, hopefully we'll see you all in that March Madness bracket uh, throughout the weekend, and we'll be giving updates on that. Good luck to all you in your fantasy basketball playoffs, unless you're playing me. Good night, everybody.